On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Mexico emerges as a new frontrunner to get Tesla's next Gigafactory. Tesla launches Tesla Electric in Texas. The first pieces of the 9,000 ton Gigapress needed to build the Cybertruck have arrived at Giga Texas and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Brian McCaffrey here with you for episode 386 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast, Christmas Day edition. I'm not recording it then, of course. That's when the show goes out wide. I can't imagine too many of you are going to be listening to it on Christmas Day. You probably have other plans, and that's perfectly all right. You'll get to it when you get to it. So whenever you've chosen to listen to this, hello, and I hope you're having a good holiday season. Daisy the Boxer is napping to my left on the couch. Zelina, the future service dog, hanging out in her pen uh, just outside these doors here. I'm recording early this week. It is Friday at 11.30 a.m. I'm recording like 12 hours earlier than I normally do. I'm very fortunate to have the day off today. So if by some chance some big Tesla news breaks later today or tomorrow, a.k.a. Christmas Eve... Well, I'll just discuss it on next week's podcast. And speaking of next week's episode, that one is going to be my annual Tesla predictions episode where I make my predictions for each of the vehicles in Tesla's fleet uh, and the company at large. So that's always a fun one to put together. I hope you will look forward to that. But first, some good news for this week. The remainder, what little remains of 2022... Tesla has upped the ante again on trying to get people to take delivery of their Model 3 and Model Y before the Inflation Reduction Act tax credit kicks in in 2023. So in addition to the 10,000 free supercharging miles that Tesla is offering anybody that's taking delivery here in these final days of 2022, Tesla has also doubled the discount from $3,750 off. This this particular thing that I'm telling you right now is only on the 3 and the Y. This doesn't apply to S and X. A $7,500 discount on the Model 3 and the Model Y. If you browse the inventory on Tesla.com right now for the Model 3, it reads, or Y, it reads, take delivery of a new Model 3 or Model Y between December 21st and 31st, 2022 for a $7,500 credit and 10,000 miles of free supercharging. Well, I have to say, uh, since my wife has been thinking a lot about the base Model 3, as I've told you, I think maybe we're going to lay low for a while and maybe look at the Cybertruck in a few more years when our place in line comes up. Still, this this is a substantial discount. So I've been checking in on the site every now and again, and at least here in the Tesla-tastic bubble that is the San Francisco Bay Area, there are zero base Model 3s that have come up. Your results may vary in your part of the country. So, uh, because boy, you know, you'd get down to, you'd basically get down under $40,000 before taxes and delivery fee, destination, all that stuff. But 
your price, your base price would get under 40K on a 272 mile LFP, charge it to 100% all the time, base model three with basic autopilot. I mean, that's, you're getting into a heck of a deal if that's the car you know that, that works for you as that would for my wife. There are long range model threes that have come up when I've searched, but that's honestly, it's just too much car for what my wife needs. And even with the discount, it just doesn't make sense for us to spend that much money on, on, a, on that car for her. It's just going to be, it's overkill for what she needs. And you might be thinking, well, a Cybertruck sounds like overkill as well. Well, that, I mean, that's a different, the whole equation changes if we wait a few more years till our, our Cybertruck line, place in line comes up. Anyway, doesn't matter what I'm doing. I am passing this along to you because if that sounds good, act quickly. Go to tesla.com slash inventory. And that discount is live through the end of the year. And you, the good news is you'd take delivery very quickly because if you find something in inventory, you'll take delivery of it in the next few days before the end of the year because that's when the, you know, the credit is good until. And if you're thinking, well, the tax credit's coming anyway, that is true, but on the base Model 3 specifically, it might not qualify for the entire full $7,500 credit since the LFP battery that's in the base Model 3 is sourced from China. So we, we still don't have total clarity on what's happening like with the, those specific uh, conditions, the terms and conditions of the credit, the $7,500 credit, and the different components that, that add up to the full $7,500. But anyway... If, uh, if that, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a sale. If that sale appeals to you, hit the Tesla website and maybe you can grab something, grab a little, a little late holiday treat for yourself or maybe your spouse, partner, what have you. Uh, finally, before I get to the rest of the proper news this week, I hope all of you backing me on Patreon at that ludicrous tier or higher, that's the $10 a month tier or higher. I hope you all enjoyed this week's lightning round bonus mini episode that goes up exclusively on Patreon, which was about the 14 features that I think the S and X and the three and the Y need to have added to them as, as we head into 2023 and the expectations of what features a, a 2023 car has and also the price points of these cars. So these aren't things that I want to see these are things that I think the four currently in production Teslas really should have in 2023. So take a listen to that on Patreon. If that sounds good to you, uh, that is that is one of now 28, I think, 28 of those weekly lightning round bonus mini episodes that are on Patreon. If you do decide to back me on Patreon at that $10 a month tier or higher, you'll instantly get access to the, that entire back catalog of those lightning round mini episodes, plus the other perks that come with that. So you can find out more on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast with Patreon being spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Time for the proper week of Tesla news. And there is plenty, despite the holidays being upon us, a Gigafactory Mexico announcement could be imminent. I saw this story on Drive Tesla Canada who writes, 
Tesla could be announcing plans to build a new gigafactory in Mexico in the next few days, just days after a report emerged that the automaker had secured land for the new factory in Nuevo Leon. According to a report by the local publication Reforma, Tesla could announce Giga Mexico as soon as this week. The report cites unnamed sources and states Tesla will be budgeting between $800 million and $1 billion for the factory, but that the investment could eventually grow to as much as $10 billion with future expansions. Those same sources said that if Tesla does not announce Giga Mexico this week, which at least as of my recording on Friday morning, they have not, the announcement will happen in January, according to Reuters. So you've got Reuters effectively corroborating this report. Well, I looked it up, being admittedly ignorant of geography in Mexico. Nuevo Leon is right across the Texas border, about as close to Austin as you can get. It's specifically about 400 miles away. The Mexican, that particular Mexican state's capital city is Monterey, which is a city you've probably heard of in Mexico. It's one of the bigger ones. Now, obviously, the closer that a potential Giga Mexico is to Giga Texas, the more convenient that is for Tesla in regards to logistics, right? Sharing staff, if need be, moving parts from one factory to the other, etc. But what about those Canada rumors from not too long ago? Is Tesla trying to fill out and complete its NAFTA bingo card ASAP? Well, we do know that above all else, Tesla needs to scale up. You've heard me babble on about it all year long. 20 million cars a year by the end of the decade. So Tesla needs to scale up fast. Uh, they need to scale up a lot. And the next generation car platform that we've heard Elon discuss for the cheaper compact sedan and the cheaper compact SUV, those are the next big projects for the company with apologies to the Roadster and with apologies to the RoboTaxi. Uh, I personally believe that the RoboTaxi is going to be quite a bit further down the road, but I do I think it will come? Yes. I don't think it's going to be the next big thing on Tesla's plate. But by the way, side note to Tesla, can we finally ship the Roadster in 2024, please? Please? <laughs> I'm begging you. I know it's pro we the last we heard from Elon which was, I think, the one of the first earnings calls in the beginning of 2022 of this year that's ending. He did say, and I'm paraphrasing, that this year, meaning 2022, will be all about scaling up production, and next year, meaning 2023, will be all about shipping exciting new products. And he did specifically mention the Semi, the Cybertruck, and he did say the Roadster. That's the last time that anyone at Tesla has uttered the word Roadster. So uh, now do I think it's that car's coming? I guess I'll talk more about that on the, on the prediction show next week. But anyway, to get back to this story, so the next generation platform, compact SUV, compact sedan, those cars are going to sell a lot of units each. We have been told that combined those two cars should have a higher, or perhaps even it's even individually, but at the, at the very least combined, those two cars should have a higher production volume than the entire rest of the Tesla fleet combined. 
And it will be made possible in large part by, again, according to Elon and I think Drew Baglino on that last earnings call, the idea is that those cars will be only needing half as much space in a factory to create those cars. So they're aiming to just shrink the footprint by a ton in order to crank them out more efficiently, more quickly, etc. Well, okay, how do you save space? I'm no manufacturing expert, certainly, but not having a paint shop would be one way to do that. Could the future of Tesla's product line be cyber? I, for one, would love to see that happen. I would swap my Model 3 in a heartbeat for a stainless steel sedan or coupe Tesla. That, that, would, be, that would be catnip for me. So, but, but really, to get serious, I don't think we can rule that option out. If Tesla's talking about an ultra-mass-produced vehicle produced quickly and in half the footprint, I think you've got to look at cyber being an option for those cars. And again, more about this. I will get into much more detail on this in that annual New Year's prediction show coming up next week. So all of this is to say that, yes, uh, I think it's possible that Tesla awards both Giga Canada and Giga Mexico at roughly the same time and builds both of them more or less in parallel, similar to what we saw with Giga Texas and Giga Berlin over the course of 2020 and into, or excuse me, 2021 and into early 2022 when those factories both came online. I was so pleased I already had this in my notes, and then I put up this week's Patreon poll, which again, you don't need to be a Patreon backer to vote in each week. You can just go there. The poll goes up every Tuesday night. And so again, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. So that was the question this week. Where do you think the next Gigafactory will be? 63% of the 151 respondents did vote for Mexico. Just, you know, seeing this report, uh, thinking that that is probably going to be the next one. 32%, so almost everybody else, voting for Canada. 1% said South Korea, because remember I talked about that story a couple weeks ago. 1% said another one in the United States. And 3% voting other, and I asked you to leave a comment below. And a number of those comments voted for both Mexico and Canada. Joel Sapp thinking right along with me on that. Uh, Les McKinnon also thinking right along with me on that. Louis Vaughn also. So shout out to everybody who voted. Shout out to everybody who commented on this week's Patreon poll. Now, speaking of Texas, Tesla has launched Tesla Electric for Texas. That is a mouthful. Tesla launches Tesla Electric for Texas. <laughs> This story comes via Tesla Roddy, who writes, Tesla just launched Tesla Electric for Texas. Tesla's U.S. energy markets policy lead, Arushi Sharma Frank, and her team worked with the Texas Utility and the Texas Public Utility Commission, the P T Texas PUC, to make this happen. Alex Guichet, head of Tesla's mobile app product, tweeted on Thursday that he was, quote, really excited to ship this. Tesla Electric in Texas 
a retail electricity offer with real-time pricing for solar and power wall exports. It's a pretty competitive rate offer. It has a peak pricing structure, but Powerwall and Tesla electric mode are your buffers to avoid peak prices, he said. Quote, he continued, and the best part of all, you can see the community power flow real time, including Tesla's sustainable power sources in Texas feeding your home, he added. Arushi Sharma Frank also added her thoughts about the new launch, uh, new launch, pardon me, saying, quote, the pathway for VPP in Texas starts here. There are thousands of distributed megawatts that can be leveraged to solve grid challenges in Texas, and consumers will drive this revolution. Congratulations to the launch team, end quote. So Tesla's new website for its Tesla Electric encourages Tesla Powerwall owners in Texas to sign up. The website says, quote, if you're a Powerwall owner, with retail choice in Texas, you can save on your electricity bills. You earn credits toward your bill when you contribute energy stored in your power wall to buffer the grid. As a member, you can also monitor the sources of your electricity supply 24-7 in the Tesla app and ensure that any electricity you use from the grid is offset with 100% Texas-generated renewable energy. On average, Tesla Electric members have the potential to earn over 50% more in credits on their electricity bills compared to similar plans, said Tesla. For owners wanting to sign up, Tesla Electric is only available in select U.S. states. In Texas, owners need to live in an area of the state that offers retail choice and has a power wall installed at their home. Go to tesla.com electric to learn more. Well, I know this isn't a car story, and I generally stick to the cars on this podcast because that's what I care about the most. That's what I'm excited about. But I have to say, I found this story just too cool to not mention. I mean, this helps people save money. It promotes renewable energy. And the thing about this really, to get back to the money bit, when people see their wallets directly affected in a good way like this, it may very well encourage more people to look at going electric for their next car as well, right? It's only going to have a positive effect there. Next this week, not to be outdone by the team at Giga Texas, who, as you'll recall, last week I talked about they hit 3,000 Model Ys per week on their production ramp, the crew at Giga Berlin has done the same this week. Tesla taking to Twitter to say, congrats to the Giga Berlin team on building 3,000 Model Y this week. Berlin's progress here might not put us one step directly closer to the Cybertruck, the way that Texas's ramp uh, to 5,000 cars a week does, but there is one other smaller cool thing to think about with Giga Berlin, Midnight Cherry Red paint deliveries. Quicksilver is out in the wild now. It was spotted in Europe in customers' hands out there this past week. And the pictures and videos I've seen, it sure does look quite nice. I know, I know seeing it in person is a whole different animal. But we have yet to see Midnight Cherry Red deliveries as of yet. And that one if the Patreon poll that I ran a few weeks ago is any indication, is drastically 
more desired by the community than even Quicksilver is. The Midnight Cherry Red won that poll quite handily. But in all seriousness, though, obviously the production ramp isn't necessarily tied to the, the new paint colors going out, but Berlin's ramp, what it absolutely does is makes Tesla more profitable, just period. Since the Model Y already has such a great margin, thus more of them coming out of Berlin means reduced transit costs since it means that Europe won't have to import Model Ys from Giga Shanghai. And as I mentioned last week, the ramping of these two new factories puts the Model Y that much closer to becoming the world's number one selling car, which could happen as soon as 2023, the year that's about to begin. We shall see on that. Now, we're talking about Giga Texas. We're talking about how the volume, the production ramp there and the volume of cars coming out per week impacts the Cybertruck. Well, speaking of the Cybertruck, the first 9,000 ton Gigapress parts, not the whole thing, but the first parts for sure have arrived at Giga Texas. Another tip of the cap here to drive Tesla Canada who writes, in a flyover by drone pilot Joe Tegmeyer, two large red pieces of equipment and several boxes stamped with IDRA, that is the manufacturer of the Gigapress, were spotted inside the casting machine section of the factory. Since this particular Gigapress is so massive, it was sent to Texas in pieces, we should expect to see more arriving in the coming weeks. If all of the parts arrive in the next month or so, we should expect Tesla to be able to assemble the entire Gigapress, and if all goes well, begin trial casting before the end of the first quarter, lining up well for Tesla to begin production in mid-2023 as per the last few quarterly shareholder letters that have been sticking to that window thus far. So, we are getting closer. Remember, it's still December. So, presumably the Gigapress, when it's fully assembled, is going to be able to make that five-piece prototype casting that you heard Sandy Monroe talk about in the clip that I played for you on last week's podcast. It will be able to make that five-piece unit in a single-piece Gigacasting. And I have to imagine that doing that entire frame piece in a single casting will drastically speed up the production time for each Cybertruck. I mean, remember, one of the biggest goals of the Cybertruck for Tesla, because for the customer, it's exterior strength and durability. But one of the biggest goals for Tesla with the Cybertruck is that it's cheap to make. So single piece cast for the frame, structural battery pack, in-house 4680 battery cells, which are cheaper for Tesla to make than the stuff they buy from, say, Panasonic for the S and the X, the quad motor drivetrain developed in-house, the folded stainless steel body that's unpainted, doesn't have to go through a paint shop. You've got uh, the interior is vertically integrated. The seats are made in-house. The Tesla Armor Glass made in-house, uh, the lighting, wiring, all of it. The idea is, it's all, again, we know how vertically integrated Tesla is, and it's all in the effort, the sort of concentrated effort to lower the cost of production on the vehicle. 
And again, with nothing going through the paint shop, that not only speeds things up, but it, dr it drastically simplifies QA as well. The cars that, you know, going through quality assurance at the end of the production line, there are no paint flaws for those QA folks to correct as the Cybertrucks come off the line. So hopefully we get an update on Cybertruck preparation in that Q4 earnings call, which should be happening in three to four weeks from now. I just want to mention one more thing, and I, I have to, with all due respect, with no, I should say, with no disrespect, let me phrase that properly, to the, uh, to the person I'm about to credit. Hold on, I'm just pulling their name up from... Uh, from Instagram, which is where they messaged me. Ah, here we go. David Archuleta. So this, this does dovetail with a rumor that popped up last month. So again, take this with a big grain of salt for now. But David messaged me and said, my kids saw a Cybertruck in Boulder, meaning Colorado, last night. Said it was stainless with black on the hood. Elon's brother lives here, I think. And he is correct. Uh, Kimball Musk, who does sit on the Tesla board, does live up there. And I said to David, I said, normally I'd immediately dismiss this as fake, but the Cybertruck is pretty distinct, to say the least. It's not going to be something that gets mistaken for something else. So uh, maybe this is the, maybe those beta Cybertrucks that we heard talked about on the last earnings call, which by the way, the last earnings call was over two months ago at this point. So I, I just want to, again, I got to throw the grain of salt on there for now since there's no picture or video to back it up. Not I'm not calling David a liar by any stretch or David's kids. And again, the, the Cybertruck is rather distinct, but it is, it is certainly possible that the first hand-built Cybertrucks, the, the, the so-called beta versions, have gone out. And that means Elon would be driving his, Kimball's got one, and who knows how many others could be out there. So all I'm saying is if we hear about that in the next week or two, like if if there are public sightings of them, remember David Archuleta and his kids, and they they were eagle-eyed and, and spotted at first. Uh, next up this week, how many more stories? I still, oh, I still have three more stories for you here. Let's keep it going. An update on Tesla Semi production at least as far as PepsiCo is concerned. So PepsiCo ordered 100 Tesla semis back in 2017, and PepsiCo Vice President Mike O'Connell gave us an update on that. I saw this story on Tesmanian.com, who writes, Tesla will deliver PepsiCo all 100 semi-trucks that the company ordered by 2023, by the end of 2023, a company spokesperson said. Today, here's the, here's the relevant part, 36 of them are already deployed and making PepsiCo's operations more sustainable. PepsiCo expects delivery of all 100 Tesla semis ordered by the end of the year, PepsiCo Vice President Mike O'Connell confirmed in an interview with Reuters. The company installed four 750-kilowatt megachargers. Shouldn't that be one megawatt? I don't know that, um, hmm. Put a little question mark next to that in, in the notes. <laughs> anyway, uh, at both its Modesto and Sacramento locations, as it became known a few days ago, a $15.4 million California state grant and $40,000 federal subsidy per vehicle help offset part of the costs. 
all 100 PepsiCo semi-trucks are 500-mile versions. As of now, Tesla has not announced when it will begin production of the 300-mile version. O'Connell said that once the manufacturers start selling them, PepsiCo will definitely include them in its fleet. The company plans to deploy semis in the central U.S. and then on the East Coast. Well, uh, I wanted to mention this story to you because maybe you feel the same way I do. I had been curious about just how many Tesla semis PepsiCo got at the delivery event back on December 1st. 36 of them is not a small number. That's more than a third of their of their order being delivered at the, you know, on day 1. And interestingly, but purely coincidentally enough, I looked it up. I had to double check my brain. Tesla delivered 30 Model 3s back at the Model 3 launch event at the end of July in 2017. So, a similar number here uh, for the, you know, the day one launch event. 36 Tesla semis. Uh, though, of course, there's there's a quite a difference in, well, total kilowatt hours between 36 Tesla semis and 30 long-range Model 3s. But also, a bit of a difference in price as well. The semis have an MSRP that's just a bit higher than those $49,900 Model 3s from five years ago. Uh, next, you know, I, I can't help but wonder, uh, to conclude on this story, I imagine, and it was sort of alluded to there in the Tasmanian story, that PepsiCo was probably chosen as the first Tesla Semi customer in part because they have operations in Northern California, a.k.a. reasonably close proximity to Giga Nevada, where the semis were built, and particularly close proximity to Tesla engineers at both the Fremont factory and Tesla's Palo Alto office, which is now just home to a bunch of engineers. It is that that building is the artist of the artist formerly known as the corporate headquarters. So now I'm curious, as Giga Nevada builds more Tesla semis, who gets them next? That's what I would like to know. Will it go by who's got the biggest order in with Tesla? Like who's spending the most money? Will it go by geography? Perhaps both of those things? I'm not sure, and none of us do. It will simply remain to be seen until we start seeing more companies take delivery. But regardless... I hope we can get an update on this at that aforementioned Q4 earnings call coming up in just a few weeks. It is, though, really awesome to have the Semi be officially launched. It is out there. It is real. It is in the wild. And uh, by the way, one of the two original prototypes of the Tesla Semi, the silver one, is parked out front of the Peterson Museum. If you do end up going at some point, between now and mid-October, which is how long the Tesla exhibit is running. So it gives you a chance to get quite up close to see just physically how darn big a Tesla Semi is compared to the passenger vehicles. It's really neat to be able to see that. In fact, I meant to tell you guys about this after my Peterson Museum visit a couple weeks ago, but I've, I've only just now remembered, so here you go. I had wanted to point out and mention there are a lot of cameras on that on even that first prototype. Not only forward-facing cameras at the top of the windshield, similar to all of our cars, 
but also cameras on the side view mirrors and even cameras on the outer, the upper outer corner of the, the headlights as well. Now, presumably those are, those cameras are either looking straight out to the left and the right to see where those upper windshield cameras can't because those are more forward facing. And then probably the, the ones on the, the side view mirrors are looking more back, similar to our, our uh, repeater cameras on the front fenders of our cars. Boy, one way or the other, autopilot on the Tesla Semi is going to be a whole different animal. And that's going to be fun to hear about once Tesla's ready to bring it online for its customers. Next up this week, good news for those of you in Europe who are waiting for the full self-driving beta. According to the Tesla software trackers at the Teslascope Twitter account, they write, for over a year now, Tesla has been testing their upcoming suite of autonomy features with the help of dozens of primarily secret employees, end quote. Uh, The evidence came in a screenshot of a right-hand drive Tesla in the UK running the full self-driving software stack. Tesla Scope also says, quote, we've confirmed via stories shared by prior employees, both temporary and longer term, about the secrecy of this program. Even some managers at local branches do not have access to vehicle telemetry on this. So Tesla really trying to keep it under wraps, keeping it, keeping it quiet. Uh, they added this, by the way, this one other note that's worth passing along in what was a, a fairly lengthy Twitter thread. You can see the whole thing if you go uh, check out their, their Twitter page, which is their hash, their, excuse me, their, not their hashtag. Their username is at Teslascope. And they said, a few questions we asked so you don't have to. Question, is this legal? Answer. As far as we've been told by a small handful of private citizens in the UK and EU, yes. Until it is sold or offered to customers, Tesla can test their autonomy features with employees without restrictions. So there you go. I wanted to pass that along. And so what we do know, just looking at the last five plus years, EU regulators are definitely a bit more strict than NHTSA here in the U.S. At least, again, that's how it's gone with autopilot so far. Autopilot features have have just plain, plain old taken longer to get approved for use in Europe than they have in the U.S. So it remains to be seen when Tesla is going to feel like the FSD beta is ready to roll out to public testers in Europe. And when the company does feel like it's ready, my question is, is it going to just go out to any paying FSD customer who requests it, similar to where we're at now in the US, or will Tesla have to take it a bit slower and implement the safety score program and keep its testing group small for a little while? Hopefully it's going to be the former and not the latter, but don't be surprised if it does turn out to be a more deliberate process. Again, just looking at the track record of EU regulators compared to their U.S. counterparts. Regardless, though, I'd imagine that this is going to happen at some point. The FSD beta is going to be available 
to my European listeners at some point in 2023. I think that's that's a pretty realistic scenario. Finally this week, remember when Tesla did fan votes, a community vote where people could go in and vote on future supercharging locations? Well, the winners are in. Tesla announcing on Twitter, announcing our fall 2022 supercharger location winners. Thank you to everyone who voted. And in the U.S., the winners are Big Bear Lake, California, Silva, North Carolina, Lake Okeechobee, Florida, Morrow Bay, California, and Dalton, Georgia. And then in Europe, we've got Bolzano, Italy, Dresden in Germany, Rostock in Germany, Pex in Hungary, and Garmisch Partenkirchen in Germany. And then there were also a handful of Korean and Japanese sites that won uh, as well. So these sites will all be added in 2023 and realistically probably spread throughout the year to some degree. I mean, hopefully it's within the first six months of the year, but these will happen over the course of 2023 likely depending on how quickly Tesla can find suitable specific sites in those locations, in those cities, and then go through all the permitting and other red tape before building them and bringing them online. But I just love that they're bringing the community into this. And better yet, it looks like they're going to keep doing this, not just annually, which would have been great, but in fact, Quarterly, They're going to do this quarterly because the winter 2023 voting is online now. You can go vote at tesla.com slash supercharger dash voting slash overview. That is the website to go to if you'd like to vote for your city or a, a spot that's maybe there's a there's a blind spot on a on an interstate route that you frequent that you'd like to see get covered in covered up and and uh, and brought online for to make traveling easier for you. All right, that is everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this final week. Well, second to last week, I guess I should say of the year. We've got one more, so stick with me. I've got your phone calls coming up in the Ride the Lightning Hotline right after this. Before I get to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, I want to remind you that these are the final days of that $100 discount code off of your AccelerateAuto.com XCare extended warranty option for your Tesla. So if that is of interest, maybe you've you've been thinking about it, well, now's the time. The $100 off discount code is Lightning. So go to AccelerateAuto.com slash XCare. Again, this is this is a company started by former Tesla people and Tesla owners themselves who are trying to fill the void that Tesla themselves has left by no longer offering a, an extended service plan. So these guys do it. They uh, can offer you anything you want, really. You can customize. So I have a three-year, 40,000-mile, 40, 40,000 additional mile extended service agreement myself. You can get up to 10 years 
and up to 175,000 miles with as little as a $100 deductible, depending on how you want to configure your policy. So, you know, again, this is going to cover things like MCU replacements, uh, computer systems on the three and the Y, the door handles on the Model S, AC or HVAC issues, air suspension issues on the S and the X, all those kinds of things that are now out of warranty and can be expensive if they come up uh, when your warranty's over, the X-Care plan would cover those. They also offer leasing. If you'd like to lease a Tesla for yourself, for your business, et cetera, they are offering creative solutions for that and not just Tesla's cookie cutter approach. And in fact, unlike Tesla's leases, Accelerate allows you to buy the car at the end of the term if you so choose. Learn more and find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. And again, don't forget to use that discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off your purchase. Okay, it is time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your chance to call in and potentially be featured on the podcast. If you have a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, please give me a call. There are two easy ways to do it. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can just call in and leave a message anytime, day or night on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number. Call it anytime you like and that number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA and if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Alan from New Jersey. Hey, Ryan, it's Alan from New Jersey. Just a quick one. I just got the new uh, holiday update and wanted to tell folks that uh, there actually are three lightning shows possibilities that you can have um, the light shows possibilities you can have on your thumb drive. Automatically now it, it uh, allows you to have the Carol of the Bells, which is the Christmas one. There's a new one, which is that um, New Year's Eve song, uh, kind of a little funked up version of it, which is pretty cool, two minutes and 30 seconds. And then Carol of the Bells is one minute and 23 seconds. And then you can always always have your custom uh, light show, which I have um, the Eagles uh, theme song or whatever, Go Eagles, Fly Eagles, Fly. So it's a great cool thing now. You've got three possibilities available to you for, for the holiday. I hope all's good. Um, take care. Thank you for mentioning that, Alan, and perfect timing, too. My extended family got a huge kick out of the light show last year, which was, of course, right the first time the Model 3s or the first time any non-Model X vehicle had it. So I just got the holiday update last night, Thursday night, because you know Tesla just pushed it out to the FSD uh, beta crew. So just in time for me to break out the new one on Christmas Day, as soon as that sun goes down and it's dark enough to have that light show. So, Alan, happy holidays. Thanks for calling in with that one. Here's Glenn from South Africa up next. 
Hey Ryan, it's Glenn here from Cape Town, South Africa. Well, I've just listening to your latest show with regards to the holiday update. And of course, one of the features introduced uh, was the MyQ integration. Now, I'm a bit of a home automation nerd. You know, I'm running a platform at home called Home Assistant. It's an open source home automation platform. I would say by far one of the best platforms in the world with regards to DIY home automation. And, um, you know, MyQ hasn't had the most stellar reputations in our community. You know, it's, um, you know, they've got their own cloud and you've got to pay a subscription fee in order to, uh, especially now with the Tesla, to be able to open and close your garage door, you know, an annual subscription fee. This. And for us as, as um, DIY home automators, I guess one can call us, it's not, not really the greatest of, of solutions. Now, about a year ago, uh, a home assistant actually had a Tesla integration. It was uh, obviously community developed and it could do quite a lot of things. It could report on the state of charge of the vehicle, the range, indoor and outdoor temperature and various other sensors and data as well as you can even unlock and lock the car in the front and the rear tailgate and, and even stop and start charging. So people made the most incredible automations uh, to sort of play on the efficiency of the charging uh, of charging the vehicle and those type of things. Unfortunately was pulled uh, about a year ago because of authentication issues. But needless to say, the community obviously forked that integration and are maintaining it themselves. And yeah, Tesla owners can actually still still use it, but not officially, uh, not bundled officially as part of Home Assistant. But what really would be awesome is if Nabucasa, they're the people who are driving the development of Home Assistant, and Tesla could, could, could start talking to each other, whereby they can facilitate the the, the integration being brought back, solving all those authentication issues. And also what, what, what would be the cherry on top is if um, the integration could give information to Tesla to say, okay, this is what you need to do to open and close a garage door. This is how you know its state. Um, not just garage doors, but what about driveway gates as well? Because, I mean, yeah, we all got garage doors, most of us, but also some of us have driveway gates. So you want to pull up to your gate and open the gate and not have to fiddle around for the remote and those type of things. How cool would that be? I really hope for that day to come. Nevertheless, I hope the right people are listening to this audio comment as I as I as you play this. So hopefully that is a reality that could happen one day. All right, Ryan, have a good holiday and a good Christmas. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Glenn, I appreciate your enthusiasm for this topic. And honestly, I appreciate your expertise on it as well. I am happy to put this out there to help get it to the ears of some folks at Tesla who can take your suggestions to heart and or to start a conversation with your fellow home automation enthusiasts about additional ways that this kind of functionality could get even better in your Tesla over time. Thank you so much for taking the time to call in. Next is Gil from San Diego. Hey, Ryan, Gil from San Diego. Wanted to uh, give you my thoughts on the uh, FSD beta, which I'm finally able to try since I never got the good enough score for it. you know, it's 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 more impressive than I thought it would be. I think the things that stand out where it still needs to be worked on are it doesn't recognize, and this must be horrible for you, it doesn't recognize hills as far as I can tell. 
uh, dips, bumps, speed bumps, or anything like that. So it just rolls through them. It, in fact, uh, rolls through them so much that a right turn into my neighborhood, which goes over a fairly significant dip, it's accelerating so fast that when it hits the dip, it kind of freaks out and then makes me take control immediately. Um, the other primary times I take over are usually uh, right turns. Um, because it just is so slow creeping out. And I do think that's a, an issue with not having a camera kind of in the front of the car, frankly. Um, and then uh, occasionally just, you know, the weird thing um, where it sort of swings out left to then turn right. And it just seems like it's going to do a big swing. Um, but it's pretty good on, you know, simple streets. Uh, and it's, pr- it's funny, though, whereas I normally drive a little above the speed limit on the streets. I don't like it driving <laughs> above the speed limit on on city streets. It feels like it's going too fast when it is only five miles an hour above the speed limit on city streets, and I don't know what that sensation is. Um, so, so I, so I was. I guess I, I was impressed. I think there's a long way to go. I am a little skeptical that the existing hardware on most of these cars can can truly get you to full autonomy, though. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. And the, just the nuances of human driving, I, I just don't know how they get there. Um, you know, just the, all the little things that, that are just going to upset all the drivers around you. Uh, but I'm excited to at least be able to have it and be able to try it. And it certainly makes uh, using autopilot a little bit even less um you know, not less stressful, but, you know, it takes a couple things off of the, of the brain power. Thanks. Thank you for your call, Gil. Your perspective as one of the many people who's coming into the beta for the first time with 10.69.3, you know, you've got fresh eyes. That is a valuable perspective. And yeah, the Hills thing is kind of weird. Uh, one other big issue I have is that I've noticed there's a particular curve that I that I take a lot, and it doesn't seem to recognize s- cars stopped at a light, you know, and backed up at the light around the curve super well. Or at least I'll put it this way: it reacts to them later than I would like it to. So, uh, and then I'll agree with you too. I am also not thrilled with how far it swings out the opposite way when it's going to make a turn. You mentioned it on right turns, but for me, I find it to be more of a noticeable issue on left turns. Uh, And as you've heard me say before, I am so with you on the need for additional cameras, which is, I mean, that's honestly, that's the big reason why I've been following every single morsel of Hardware 4 information so closely Here's hoping we learn more about that on that next earnings call coming up in about a month. That next call could be a a really key one for a lot of 2023 stuff for Tesla. Next and finally this week is Will from Ancaster also talking FSD beta and the latest update. Hey, Ryan, it's Will from Ancaster here. Um, Just got FSD beta 1069.25. I'm assuming that's the holiday update for the FSD beta one. Um, and I, I was really excited because I finally had rear screen control for the S and the X um, from the main screen and uh, brought it up. But unfortunately, while you're driving, you still cannot control um, and choose even what show to watch on the back screen, uh, which for people with older kids or adults in the back or whatever, doesn't matter when your kids are in a a car seat and they can't reach the screen, 
Um, it still forces you to reach around behind and play around and touch the screen or obviously pull over and stop to do it because that's the safer option. So anyway, what I would like to see, I don't know if anybody's ever listening, is the ability to actually um, maybe just bring up Netflix, choose your show, and then the minute it starts playing video, have it cut off from the front, but still give that ability from the front. Uh, second thing, just side note, uh, a buddy of mine got uh, a brand new 2023 Model X and brought it by today for me to have a look at, and this was my first time seeing the tilting screen, and man, am I sorry I missed it. Um, it uh, I'm curious if there's a retrofit for the X. Um, I was expecting it to tilt like a couple of millimeters here and there and whatnot, but it, uh, it actually has a surprising amount of tilt in it, which is just phenomenal and would be so handy. Uh, I was also curious, I never asked him, um, do you know if when it's tilted to the passenger side, does the passenger actually have any kind of ability to still, um, I don't know, do things that you wouldn't normally be allowed to do as a driver when it's facing them? Anyway, that's uh, my two cents and my couple of questions. So, thanks. Bye. Always great to hear from you, Will. I agree that the second row screen control situation that you detailed is not ideal. I really hope Tesla's working on that. I mean, I realize that relative to the entire fleet, the number of owners that this affects is incredibly tiny. But still, the new S and the X are the flagship vehicles. They are premium vehicles at premium prices. And Tesla needs to allocate the resources on the software team to make this stuff happen. And I'm sure they will. Again, I'm not saying they're not. I'm sure they will. They did get the active noise cancellation stuff done recently. So hopefully the rear screen controls on the front screen will follow suit as well. As for the retrofit on the screen tilting, I'll tell you this, Will. I would submit a service center ticket. In fact... The the gentleman we just heard from, Gil from San Diego, he and I were just trading notes about that. And I told him the same thing. Put in a service center ticket, ask for it and see what happens, because that is something that was advertised as part of the car when you ordered it in early 2021. And then when those first new S's uh, were delivered, they did not have the the functionality in there. So I would ask for a retrofit on that uh, because guess what? The worst they can say is no. And then finally, I totally agree. In fact, I never really thought of it the way you did, so I'm, I'm glad you, you called in. I totally agree that the passenger, the front passenger, should be allowed to play games or watch Netflix or whatever if the screen is tilted to the passenger side. Since in a new S or X... The driver, actually, well, in any, well, this only applies to the new ones, but in the new S and the X, the driver would still have key driving information available to them on the instrument cluster screen directly in front of them. So theoretically, that should allow that large center screen to be tilted to the passenger and let them do whatever they want, be entertained. I will say, though, I suspect that at least here in the United States, I know you're in Canada, but in the U.S., NHTSA probably would not sign off on that, would be my guess. But in any case, 
Happy New Year, Will, and thank you for your call. Thanks to everybody who has taken the time to call in all year long, and a future thanks for those of you that are going to call in in 2023. I mean, you guys really do make the podcast better by calling in and adding your perspective, adding your wisdom, adding your pro tips, which I'll get to later in the show, of course. I really do value this part of the podcast, the Ride the Lightning Hotline. So thank you to everybody who takes the time to call in. And I promise I will get to more Ride the Lightning phone calls on next week's show. But first, I'm not quite done yet. Stick with me for that aforementioned pro tip of the week and a little bit more coming up next. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. The other time-limited thing I wanted to mention is the test calendar. Get your 2023 Tesla calendar by going to testcalendar.com. It is completely community-organized. Earlier this year, a 12-week photo contest decided who's going to be featured on each month's page. It's now in year six, and each sale helps them plant up to five trees through the One Tree Planted Foundation. Each order also includes a free Tesla T Christmas ornament, which, hey, put it away for next year at this point, and exclusive discount codes from Test Calendar sponsors. Free shipping when you order two or more. Get yours at testcalendar.com. Well, as for me and what I am up to with my car, as I mentioned earlier, I got the new holiday update for the FSD beta branch last night. I actually, as of this recording, I haven't driven on it yet. I'm gonna be doing that not long after I finish recording this, but no version 11 of FSD just yet. But I will say just from sitting in the car, reading the release notes, I'm already loving the move of the music bar over closer to the driver, over to the lower left corner, because that was unused space in V11. I also like seeing that the very top line of the screen, the top of the UI, is being utilized again as well with some shortcuts. So, you know, you look at this now, we've had, not to be confused with FSD version 11, we've had version 11 of the UI for a year now. Remember it dropped last Christmas and it's been really good to see, you know, there was kind of a, let's call it, let's say, let's say allergic reaction to version 11 from a lot of folks and, and understandably so with a lot of it. But now that it's been a year, it's been nice to see Tesla refine it over the course of the past year. It's definitely much better now than it was when it first dropped a year ago. If you'd like an entertainment recommendation for this week, I encourage you to check out the Murderville Christmas special starring Will Arnett. That's uh, the star of that show. I mean, if you haven't seen Murderville at all, I know I've mentioned it on here before whenever it first came on and I first watched it earlier this year. But Murderville, it's a sort of most, well, it's it's partially improv The The main actors, the series regulars have a script, but then they have a guest star every week who doesn't get a script and they have to react to everything that's going on uh, in real time. And they did a Christmas special. So it's, of course, Will Arnett playing Detective Seattle. 
And then the guest stars are Jason Bateman and Maya Rudolph. And there are a couple of other special guests in there, too. It's it's twice as long as the, the regular Murderville episodes were. And it's really funny. So check that out if that sounds good to you. How about a pro tip of the week? Our last one of 2022, but there will be plenty more in 2023. So this one comes from David in Greenville, Indiana, shoehorning in three tips into one call. I'm allowing it. David, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. David from Greenfield, Indiana. I have three tips. First, I want to thank you and the community that listens in and want to remind everyone that Tesla has a 30-day price guarantee. Several months ago, when Tesla reduced the price by $100 on their home charger, a listener called this recommendation into the show. I filed for the refund and promptly got my $100 refund. Well, the Tesla home charger price has recently dropped by another $50, so I hope to pay this tip forward and others can receive a refund. The second tip, I found a new use for my Tesla Model Y performance. You certainly can't do this with an ice car. My house furnace went out recently one morning, which I didn't discover until late afternoon. The fan ran, but the igniter was out in my gas furnace. The technician couldn't come out until the next morning. The overnight temperature forecast was for 22 degrees Fahrenheit. So I turned my Tesla cabin heat onto defrost and vented the windows and left the man door between the garage and the house open and the furnace fan on recirculate. The house temperature actually rose overnight from 64 degrees Fahrenheit to 59 degrees Fahrenheit. The cabin temperature was at 103 degrees Fahrenheit, and the garage temperature was 87. So last but not least, I ordered some aftermarket parts from Abstract Ocean using your RTL podcast code for a 15% discount. The trunk well storage bins are awesome. Frankly, all Teslas should come with these from the factory. They are a perfect match. Once again, thanks for the great show. Keep up the great work, Ryan. David, thanks so much for sharing those. I am so happy that this part of the podcast has been useful to you. And indeed, I am happy to help you do your best to pay it forward. Happy holidays to you. Thanks so much for calling in again. Uh, If anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week, please call in, send it my way so that I can share it with everybody else. You can send those in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls. All right, before I get out of here, let me mention some friends of the podcast. I will start, of course, with abstractocean.com, makers of a ton of different excellent aftermarket accessories for your Tesla. You can sort by car. So whichever Tesla you've got, just click on that. It'll show you all the accessories they've got available to you. Maybe the fourth generation tempered glass screen protector sounds good. Maybe the uh, rear footwell lighting kit, particularly if you're a Model Y owner, et cetera, et cetera. Tons of stuff. Just take a look. Just browse around. That's all I recommend you do. See what they've uh, got. See what you like. And when you find everything that you like, put it all in your cart and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. All right. The snap plate. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. That is the front license plate bracket that I highly recommend instead of the one that Tesla gives you with your car because the snap plate will go on 
quickly and easily, but then also securely. But it can also be removed rather easily with the appropriate tools as well. It's not going to leave any tape residue behind, anything like that. And it's a nice, clean, minimalist design that blends really nicely with the front end of your Tesla when it's installed. And again, leaves no unsightly hardware behind when it's removed. Make those fix-it tickets go away for those of you who live somewhere that requires a front license plate to be on your car. Get yours for the S, X, 3, or Y at everyamp.com slash RTL. Next up is budgetsafesolar.com. Uh, the California Public Utility Commission, if you're a fellow Californian by chance, I told you about the, the new thing they passed last week. So if you have solar or are considering solar, batteries are now going to be a big factor. I mean, Tesla's, of course, we know that as Tesla people, but now it's, it's going wider. So let budget safe solar add energy storage to your system. And then if you just want to put up a system to begin with, as I am trying to do, by the way, I'm still trying to get anybody. It, it's, it's a red tape nightmare right now. It's not budget safe solar's fault. It is the city. It is PG&E. They're saying that our solar permit's not there, even though it should. So it's, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a, of a red tape nightmare right now, but the, <laughs> the installation went great. Can't wait to get it installed. Uh, and if you hope, hopefully you li- maybe you live somewhere that doesn't have the red tape nightmare that San Francisco specifically seems to specialize in anyway. Uh, yeah, don't, don't let San Francisco red tape stop you from adding solar to your home. And certainly you're going to look at Tesla solar as I did, but if Tesla solar doesn't work out for you, I do genuinely and highly encourage you to check out budgetsafesolar.com. Give them a look. Perhaps they will be able to put together a system that is right for you and and at a price that's right for you. So check them out, budgetsafesolar.com. And if you do proceed with an installation on your home or business, I humbly ask that you use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections. That's my detailer. Jeff McGovern is the name of the owner and chief detailer there. Jeff is amazing. He is a wonderful person and he is an extraordinarily talented detailer. Go to his website, irdetailing.com to get in contact with him to book any service if you and your car are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Paint correction, paint protection film on some or all of the car, ceramic coating. That Those are all good things. And maybe you want one of those. Maybe you want two of them. Maybe you want all the, the whole the whole nine yards. Whatever you want to do, Immaculate Reflections will take great care of you and your car. I promise you that. Go to irdetailing.com. And when you do connect with Jeff through that website, mention that you are a Ride the Lightning listener and there will be a nice little discount waiting for you. So thank you, Jeff, for continuing to kindly offer that to those of you that are nice enough to listen to this podcast. How about puretesla.com slash RTL. Your one-stop shop, as I say, for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. Do it. Just get, you want to get a good, reliable drive in your car to just keep those cameras reliably recording in case anything ever happens. And even if something doesn't, oh, you don't want anything bad to happen, but sometimes funny stuff happens. Uh, 
I, <laughs> I, I shouldn't even, I, I, I captured my, my sentry mode once captured <laughs> someone peeing. Thankfully not on my car, but, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a full view situation, which, you know, it is what it is. There was nobody around and it's just a, a strange thing that, that can, uh, so yeah, your, your sentry mode protects you, but it can also entertain you, but you'll need a reliable drive to do that. And puretesla.com slash RTL uses a micro SD based solution. So I highly encourage you to order from them as I have. There is the $49 free shipping kit that's uh that's 128 gigs if you want to step up to 256 gigabytes that's a 69 dollar kit again also shipped free anywhere in the u.s i should clarify on the free shipping works with mac or pc they will ship anywhere worldwide even if you're not in the u.s you'll you'll just have a a modest shipping fee if they do need to ship uh internationally but no problem there so again go to puretesla.com slash rtl finally this week let me mention the patreon Uh, I have, of course, worked all year long on the podcast. There have been, well, there must be 52 shows, although I suppose if the calendar works out right, there could be 53, maybe 51, just depending where the Sunday, how many Sundays there were in uh, in 2022. But as as you saw, I'm here every single week. I make a, a point to do that. I take pride in that. I really believe that if you can't count on me, then... I don't deserve your support. So I think it's very important that I'm here for you each and every week with a with a good podcast with that's well-researched, that's uh, with a lot of love and enthusiasm put into it, and I, I try my best every week. So if perhaps this is the week where you'll, you'll choose, you know what, yes, Ryan, I, I choose to support you on Patreon because I get a lot for free from you, from the podcast, and I'd like to, like to pay it back a little bit you can do that by supporting me on Patreon. Again, my URL there, the website is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And you can subscribe either just do the monthly thing. That's what most people do. But there is also, you can pledge, do an annual pledge. And if you do the annual, you get a 5% discount on that, which is a nice little thing. So the base $5 tier Will be uh, you'll be rewarded with early access to each week's show, and in the case of this episode, you'd get even earlier access than usual by almost an entire day. Uh, if you do that ten dollar tier, the ludicrous speed tier, you get not only that early access, but you also get those weekly bonus mini episodes that I do exclusively for Patreon. Uh, and then the perks and the tiers go up from there. You can find all of it on patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Subscribe on any of the major podcast services. That's a totally free thing. I know subscribe tends to have a financial money, monetary connotation to it, but subscribe slash follow the podcast totally for free on whatever your favorite podcast service is, whether it's Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, even YouTube. I'm only, it's only audio, but I am on YouTube if you'd just like to listen there. And if YouTube specifically just search Ride the Lightning Tesla, you'll find my channel and you can subscribe easily on that. Uh, email me anytime, 
teslapodcast at gmail.com. And then I'm on social media, Twitter and Instagram, same handle on both, DMC underscore Ryan. Finally, before I go, let me mention the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers. These folks kindly backing me at the upper tiers, which gets them, among several other perks, they get a shout out and a thank you each and every week. I actually want to start with the Maximum Plaid tier because I want to welcome the newest Maximum Plaid backer, Adam Lavoy. Adam, uh, if, if now Adam, this may be news to Adam because Adam's wife pledged and then messaged when I reached out to inquire about the proper pronunciation of Adam's last name. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, she, uh, his wife actually wrote back, uh, and said, Oh, that's, this is Adam's wife. Patreon. This is, this Patreon is his Christmas gift. He loves the podcast. Loves talking Tesla, especially about the two Model 3s we have in the garage. So, uh, Adam, number one, I want to say thank you to your wife for including me. Like, I I very awesomely get to benefit from your Christmas gift. So, thank you to both of you for your support. And, Adam, uh, you've got an amazing wife who really, like, this is a thoughtful thing, right? Uh, That I don't, like, I don't know if anyone's ever given a maximum plaid tier membership or membership's not maybe the right word, but you know what I mean. But I don't know if anybody, if I've ever heard from anybody that's done this. I just think it's great that clearly Adam's wife recognizes that he really enjoys the podcast, loves his Teslas, and that she 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 has listened to the podcast uh, with him and and heard the, the Patreon stuff. So thank you both, uh, Adam, and your wonderful wife as well. You are now a Maximum Plaid backer, Adam, so I hope to see you at the next group Zoom hangout, which is going to be happening. Let me look at this. We'll do it. I think we're going to aim for the 7th, January 7th. I'll send out an email to everybody that's going to be invited to that. And Adam, don't forget you've got those those, uh, lightning round mini episodes that you can not only you have access to all the new ones, but go back to the back catalog as well. Uh, The rest of the Maximum Plaid crew, Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, and James Gregory. Thanks to all of you for your very generous Maximum Plaid tier support. Thanks as well to the ultra generous folks in the Roadster in Space tier level. That is Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Ayacaveto, 
Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Kara Weston. Finally, the Plaid, the grandfathered in Plaid level supporters. Thank you so much for your continued backing to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thanks to all of you backing at all the Patreon tiers because you are making a very positive difference in my life and my family's life, and I, I do humbly thank you. I'm very grateful for the support. Uh, I think that will about wrap it up. I want to say happy holidays to everybody. Again, the next podcast officially, I mean, I'll be recording it still just barely in 2022, but the next show comes out on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2023. So that is going to be, it's going to be a a fun as heck year. I've been saying that for a while and I'm going to keep saying it because it's going to be true. Just you wait and see. So with that, uh, thank you to everybody who's, to all of you who've taken the time to listen. If you're a newer listener, welcome. Thanks for listening. If you've been listening for years, thank you for sticking with me. Thanks for listening. Uh, for many of you, all 2022 long, your time is valuable. And the fact that you choose to spend an hour plus of it with me each and every week is, uh, is not something I take for granted. So thank you all very much. Happy electric motoring, and I will see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.